I had Franco Ordonez call me a few weeks ago from NPR and ask me these very same questions. What is it, Melinda? What is it about Nikki that is just catapulting her to the top? And I try, I kept trying to tell him she is making human connection with people by her foot, feet on the ground, by smiling, by opening her arms, by taking questions for 90 minutes, two hours. After she's done talking for an hour, she will sit, sit there and answer your questions and be greet every single person. That is how New Hampshireites want to be talked to. That is how they want to be greeted and get to know first in the nation. And uh, she's killing it. She's she's killing it, Jen. Welcome to Political Contessa. I'm Jennifer Nassor, and this show is here to support your interest in center-right politics, policy, and breaking news. Listen in and discover how to awaken your inner ideal candidate. And if you're ready, how you can jump in and change the world as a runner or a supporter. Welcome to Political Contessa. If you or a friend have ever considered running or you know a woman who should, I've got something just for you. My quick guide called Secrets from the Campaign Trail. It will show you five signs to tell you you're ready to enter the political arena. To get these tips and learn about all new podcast episodes and ways to get involved, head over to politicalcontessa.com. Hello, and welcome to Political Contessa. I am Jennifer Nassor, and I am your Political Contessa. Today, I have a special guest, another guest from the fabulous state of New Hampshire with me. Melinda Tarango is the executive director and chairman of the RBJ Institute Board of Directors. It's a C3 public charity dedicated exclusively to excellence in the, okay, hang on, get this. I know because this is a political show and this is what this woman does, which is really phenomenal. The electromagnetic spectrum. I'm going to let Melinda explain what that is because I needed an explanation on that. But she's also the president and co-founder of Warrior Support Solutions, a woman-owned, yay, veteran-owned, yay, small business that performs research, studies, and analysis in the electromagnetic spectrum operations for the Department of Defense, Industry, and Academia. So clearly, Melinda is a slacker. But that is not why I have her on today, though I want her to explain all of this because I think it's a super, I always find people's journeys, especially if they're doing something really cool, how they got into that very cool career, but then how they find a pathway into having a love for politics or a candidate or a policy. And so... Melinda and I know each other through Nikki Haley stuff, my favorite topic, my favorite candidate. And so I didn't know all this cool information on her career. But Melinda, welcome to Political Contessa. Thank you so much, Jen, for having me on today. It's great. So explain before we start talking about our favorite candidate in this race. Tell me a little bit about the electromagnetic oh my God, the electromagnetic spectrum operations industry and how you got involved in this. I will tell you, everyone, everyone listening to this call and everyone, everyone uses the electromagnetic spectrum. They don't realize it. 
It is the medium through which we do everything we do with computers, internet, phone, data gets transmitted through the electromagnetic spectrum. And that spectrum is not natural. It has to be created. And you know this because you see all these cellular towers everywhere. And my work of late is to raise the social consequence of every generation that will be born. And the last two and a half generations that have been born are 100% addicted and dependent on the spectrum being there. And to put it in Nikki's gravest defending terms, the Chinese Communist Party has been attempting to infiltrate this country for decades. One possible way that could happen is with a tactical strike on our cellular network with an EMP, an electromagnetic pulse. And if that were to happen, Jen, and our cellular towers were to be knocked out, there would be mayhem in the streets because no one would be able to communicate. And we are not planning for this outcome. There is no entity working to ameliorate or mitigate this, this risk. And so my little 501c3 public charity was stood up to conduct research studies and analysis to help promote a better understanding of what it means to be a user of the electromagnetic spectrum. That is so absolutely cool. I know. It's you wild. are a pioneer in in doing this and and being an electrical engineer. And I just it is it is really so fascinating what you do. And actually, the information that you have is so important because, yes, I, I think my kids would actually die if they could not look at their phone and be instantaneously connected to all of their friends. Yes, you remember when we had to take directions down on a piece of paper <laughs> and get there by co constantly glancing. The, the good old days. Today, yeah, don't even know how to navigate their own towns. and But that's just one small piece of it. But yeah. Yeah. E.T. no phone home. No. <laughs> right. I think I think us adults would pretty much appreciate a couple of days off the grid, <laughs> literally off the grid. <laughs> Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. <laughs> so, OK, so you have this really cool science background and you are working in this world of things that most normal people don't ever get to see or touch or even learn about. And then all of a sudden, it's now 2023 and candidates are coming out all over the place and everyone's coming to New Hampshire. And how did you land up being a fan of Nikki Haley's? Oh, that's a great story too. Well, there's one piece in my bio that isn't in there. For the last 18 months, I'm in my second rodeo of pursuing my clinical doctorate in organizational leadership. I'm fascinated with excellent leadership and what makes organizations tick and what role the leader plays in that. So my landing on Nikki Haley's leadership team has two pieces to it. One is when I was invited by Sharon Bolduck, Don Bolduck's beautiful wife, to come to one of Nikki's events last this past summer. I couldn't pass that up because... I wanted to get to know yet another person who might be a leader of this country. It was purely an academic curiosity. I didn't know anything about Nikki. And I got seated behind Sharon and Mary Mayville, who of course served in the New Hampshire House, 
and as quite a, a force to be reckoned with of her own that I hope you'll have on this show one day. And afterward, of course, Nikki took questions. She always does that so generously, took questions. And I asked my question. And afterward, Mary turned around and said to me, Melinda, you have to be on Nikki's leadership team. And I said, I do. I do. So I gave my name to somebody they called the very next day. And it was it was a very simple decision because, Jen, this is how it went. I listened to Nikki's stump speech. I was floored, floored by the rationality and the intelligence of her platform that she had considered every major point and set several minor points for her, her campaign stump, how she was going to, she didn't just say everything needs to be fixed. She actually had a plan. She has rolled up her sleeve. She has experience doing that. And I said, this is it. I am looking at pure class. She is a class act. I knew it right away. I was instantly taken from the other guy. And I said, I'm voting for Nikki. So then when I got asked to be on the leadership team, it was an extraordinary compliment to what I'm doing with my career and this doctorate and leadership and honoring someone who I really believe is going to make a tremendous impact as POTUS. That is, yep, you, that's pretty much, I cannot even explain. That's exactly how I felt when I saw her. So I had the good fortune of meeting her back when she was governor in 2012 at the 2012 Republican convention. And someone, I'm sure someone tipped her off who I was, but it, it doesn't matter, right? Because here's what happened. I walked down the aisle and this person who said to me, oh, I, I had just finished being chairman of the Mass Republican Party. And so I had, and I had just had a baby. And so this was like my first time really at a big political event since I had my baby. And so I'm walking down to go meet her. She turns around, she opens her arms and she says, Jen, it's so nice to see you and gave me this big hug. And my friend turned and took, took a picture of us, which was on my website for years. It was the most unbelievable experience because the only other politician that I had ever seen that was able to do anything like that was John McCain. And so she did it. I'm like, how does she know who the hell I am? Why does she care? She's governor. Like she is just hot shit. Right. And like that was all I cared about. And I just wanted to meet her like she was my celebrity. So then when I when, you know, I had followed her career and when she was an ambassador and then she came to Boston she called me and I spoke to her and, and I said, you have to come to Boston. I can put a bunch of people in a room for you. She came to Boston and a bunch of my girlfriends and everyone, basically everyone I knew showed up to hear her. But we mm -hmm. all took our kids, our teenage kids mm -hmm. that will be voting in 2024. And these teenagers, boys and girls, when she was done, they all said the same thing. I love her. I'll vote for her. She's amazing. She took questions on the abortion issue. She took questions on defense. I had someone asking her a question on defense. She took questions. I mean, every single, there was nothing that she said, I will get back to you. There was, right? Which right. isn't that the most impressive thing that she has an answer and, and like, She's prepared. She's got a policy argument. Yeah. She, 
she knows what she's talking about and and she's not arguing right it's it's her perspective and it's her research and it's what she knows is right but when i introduced her here's how i introduced her because like you i am more i i have two things that i think are very important i think democracy is very important and, and making sure that we have good leaders who are actually paying attention to our democratic values, right, of making sure that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, and not all of the mushy, gushy stuff that you hear about today from the far left, but actual democracy and how a two-party system, a thriving two-party system is the best for this country, right? And not, not the polar extremes, but people being able to sit together. I think the other thing is leadership. Leadership actually matters. And we see that today, that leadership actually matters because if we don't have good, solid leaders, then we see what happens. We see what happened over in Ukraine. We see what happens in Israel. Leadership matters. Look at that. There's a book. She pulls out a book. It says leadership matters. That's awesome. And you are one of the authors. Mm -hmm. That that is hysterical. That is actually what I say all the time. Leadership matters every single podcast because it does because if you don't have good solid leadership it's like it's like when we were teenagers right your parents leave of course back then right we didn't have cell phones they didn't have cell phones your parents leave they go away for the weekend and what happens there's a party there's a party there's someone who's crazy there's someone passed out someone rolls in a keg i mean right it's like it's like project x on steroids and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden oh how did that happen how did that happen no parent was at home well that's the same thing with the united states when we when we have a leader asleep at the wheel bad stuff happens all over the place there's no parent in control and so i looked at her saying wow this woman So I introduced her and I said, I have been in politics for 30 years. Actual ascension means something to me. A lot of candidates wake up in the morning. They brush themselves off. I'm not going to mention any that are actually on that stage currently, but brush themselves off and look in the mirror and say, oh, I could be president of the United States. Look at me. I have a good smile. Right. And (laughs) and that to me is not that is not leadership. and, And that doesn't lead you to having qualities and capabilities to be in that position. But with Nikki, she was in her state legislature. She wasn't a person in the state legislature that just was there to get along and and to collect a a taxpayer funded check. She was there to make a difference. Then she was governor. Again, rolled up her sleeves. She got right in there. She helped take down that Confederate flag. And that was done under her leadership. leadership. And that is a big thing. Again, leadership, right? Then she was you an ambassador. And there she was leading. She understands what is going on around the world, which at this moment in time, when you're looking at who should be president, it should be someone who has an understanding of both domestic and foreign policy and has not just read a newspaper or saw, saw a video, but actually went and saw it. And so to me, that's what matters. Yeah, and just to bring that point home, you, I'm sure you heard her position on Israel 10 days ago, support Israel, eliminate Hamas, rescue the hostages. Done. We don't need to go into rhetoric and a long narrative Done. about what we're going to do, maybe. <laughs> that let, She is so about 
I've got a plan. We're going to execute. Just give me a little birth, please. Yeah. And it, that's leadership. It's literally mic drop, right? It is. Here's the plan. Mic drop. And that's it. There's no, there's no fluffiness around it. There's no, I'm trying to make you feel good about this. It is. Here's our ally. Here's the problem. And here's what we need to do. Right. And quite honestly, we really haven't had that in a while, Jen, in, in the POTUS. No. I'm sorry. I don't know what Obama thought he was doing, but 10 days he got into office and he invited everyone to stand up and make Black Lives Matter. So that was no help. And of course, the uh, the tea guy is very controversial. He, I mean, I loved a dollar fifty a gallon gas. I'm not, right. I'm not going to, and a few other things. He had China, a CCP on their knees and he had Putin on his knees. I liked those outcomes, but I had to suppress so many of my moral and, and ethical values with his behavior and his misogynistic behavior and all this, oh my gosh, the women and all this stuff. I had to put all that aside because I was only concerned about what was best at the time for America. And when the economy is strong and every other country on the planet is cowering to the United States, I'm good. And I put that aside, but now we've got a much better choice. We get all those outcomes with Nikki and pure class, grace, and, and accuracy, quite frankly, she makes decisions based on data and she's decisive. And as an, as an accountant, she, she knows how to look at the data. We are in good hands with Nikki Haley. Exactly. That was the other thing that I had said about her. And imagine she has all of these skills and she's an accountant on top of it. Like who doesn't need an accountant in the White House? Right. I mean, right. it's just to me, she hits on everything, but it's really interesting. And I'm sure in New Hampshire, you guys talk about politics. This is like you wake up and every diner and every everywhere you go, it's it's all around you. I don't know. There's a lot to talk about. But. <laughs> but with the T-Man, when I have friends that had supported him and are asking or, or still supportive of him, listen, two things. One, he's he he was a Republican president. So every Republican going forward and before all has this, all have the same policies. There are not going to be open borders with Mexico. There's not going to be terrorists coming in this country. We're going to get the economy in shape, right? But but he, two things on, on that 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 like Nikki has that's a value add to those Republican principles that I really hope to God we get back to because I oh, feel man. like we have lost every single bit of the Reagan aspect of from Reaganomics to what we believe. Parliamentary procedure. Yeah, no order. Yeah, you know, oh, let's wear sweats to the to congressional meetings. Yeah, let's throw out the Speaker of the House. I mean, we we could just do anything we want because there's no leader. But I think one, it's getting back to our Republican principles. Every Republican should be doing the same thing that the former Republican president did. But more importantly, he cannot win a general election. The general electorate, 51% of the electorate in the country actually considers themselves independents. When you have then each party, if you split it up, divide it equally, is what, 24.5% per party? You can't win with the fringes in either party. And so you need someone who's going to appeal to that 51% in order to be able to win. So if you win a primary with 48%, um, Okay, that's great, but that's not a majority. So how do you go into a general election and win? He can't win that. Nikki Haley can absolutely win that. On top of that, he does not have the class, the charisma, 
or 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 the temperament. And quite honestly, I don't know. I'm in my early 50s. To have a, another man who's nearing 80 years old be in the White House, I feel like we've seen that. We've seen that play. We're living through it right now. I don't want to go it through it. He's a cheeseburger away from a heart attack, and he's probably going down the same path that the guy in the office is right now. Allow me, Jen, just to interrupt you, because this one hits home with me, is that I honestly think he might be really losing his mind now. All of these attacks on his character and this thing with the courts and, you know, all the accusations, he might actually really be going insane. Those comments he made after Hamas attacked Israel were absolutely 100% out of line. I said, what the hell does he think he's doing? So we might actually be dealing with someone who at one time was qualified and was the best choice we had. And it was so glorious that he beat that chick. Oh, God. To have her as the first woman president, I just probably would have moved to Ireland. But (laughs) I think he's he's worn out his time. And I I also have to say this, Jen, I'm going to say it on this podcast. God willing, millions of people are listening. It might seem like a good idea to vote for the man to make the wrong right. And that man was wronged in 2020. There's no way... The B-man won that election. It was doctored to the hilt. They couldn't take a chance to let Trump win again. So he that he was wrong for. And frankly, I'm glad he didn't show up at the inauguration. I thought it sent a message. But we cannot now vote for the man to make the wrong right. That won't do it. We still have to put the United States first, our democratic republic, representation by the people. And at the end of the day, I think he's become more and more egotistical than I've ever seen him. And and now if it's he's getting as irrational as the other guy, yeah, that's not going to do it either. I'll stop there. It's it's dangerous. dangerous. I think it's, it's very dangerous. You said something and I was going to go off of what you had just said. And now I just lost my train of thought, but that's okay. I I think that it's never good in life to look in the rearview mirror, right? It's never good to say, I would, if I would have, I could have, I should have, right? And won't make the wrong right. No, it won't make the wrong right. And I think we need to move forward. And I think now is an opportunity. And we see that we see in Nikki's poll numbers, right? So in New Hampshire, Good job, you ladies up there. You have gotten her to the number two spot. And in Iowa, she's now number two. And in South Carolina, she's number two. And it's solid, right? And she has had a slow and steady climb. Let's talk about that for a minute, because that's what brought you and I, you and me together. So this quality that we're talking about, we were talking about leadership a few minutes ago. It's called magnetism. And whether you want to believe it or not, whether there's empirical evidence out there or not, people emit an energy field that you, you, well, they're just now starting to invent spectrum analyzers that can actually measure this energy. But up until recently, they couldn't. But Nikki has this charisma and this magnetism when she walks into a room. I said it on Fox News, and I'm going to say it here. It goes beyond her actions and her words. And here's the best part, Jen none of the rest of the field is going to be able to defend against it. And Nikki knew it. She says it in her stump peach speech, don't underestimate me. She knows she's got it. And it would bother me greatly if she had that magnetism and then had a very different agenda. Like, for example, it's called pseudo transformational leadership. It was Hitler. So he had this charisma and this magnetism that drew in millions of people. But look at his 
plan was just genocide. But Nikki is bringing this authenticity and this genuine concern for America and such humble roots. You combine that with the magnetism, there's no way the field's going to beat her. So I, I think what's going on, I'll say one more thing and I'll stop, is that um, with, with the T-man thing is people are realize that he's no longer the man to vote for, but they're not telling the open polls that. Mm. I think we're going to be a sea of Big, big surprise in the mm-hmm. primary. Even if the day before she's a quote solid second, I think that we're going to be blown away, Jen, and I'm looking forward to it. I agree with you. So I had seen a poll that a pollster friend had done that six out of 10 Trump supporters said that they were open to voting for someone else, which I think it's very important to continue to reiterate that the country is actually smack in the middle on independence. And if you win a primary, listen, it's like winning the playoff, right? Winning a Super Bowl playoff. And then you get to the Super Bowl and then you can't win in the Super Bowl because you were, but you eked it out. You got lucky. You won your playoff. And then you get to the main thing. I don't care about the playoffs. I care about the Super Bowl. To me, the general election is a Super Bowl. And we don't have any room, any wiggle room anymore. We are at a crossroads at this point in our country and around the world where we do not have solid leadership. It is going to impact our country. We are going to be on a very quick slope to socialism. It is going to impact around the world because everyone is going to know that we are a joke. And whether it's Trump wants to go play footsie with Putin or you've got Biden who he's here's a good one. Nikki wins. It makes Trump her U.N. ambassador. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I would love to be a fly listening to that conversation. That would be amazing. Oh, my gosh. Right. Fantastic. Because that really I mean, he had the whole world scared. And that part of it, I really liked. And he could be as crazy as he wants when he's abroad. Exactly. Yes. His finger is not on the button. We're not worried that his finger is actually on the button. Right. But let's talk about some interesting stuff that's gone on. I mean, we Nikki is now in second place. But who has she knocked out of second place here? This and this. (laughs) So let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. That man had momentum during COVID, right? He stood up a state that was very Democratic Republic. Let the people decide. Come one, come all. It's free here. Wear a mask if you want to or don't. And so he had a lot of momentum. But Jen, that died. He doesn't have it anymore. And he doesn't have the charisma. And he's losing ground because COVID is not a thing anymore as as much as the media and whoever else wants to keep making it a thing. It's not a thing. It should have never been a thing, but we're not going there. But whatever momentum three years ago, it is so true. He, I ended up escaping to Florida during the lockdown here in Massachusetts. Oh, lucky girl. Uh, Yeah. And, and Florida was great. I mean, I felt very safe and People were out and walking around and everything was closed for about six weeks. And then things started slowly opening up. And but I had heard stories of DeSantis in Congress and which I always think are very interesting. Like if you were in Congress, I know members of Congress live together and they're roommates and you have friends and even people that are not on the same end of the political spectrum have friendships, they go to dinners, they they spend time together. Well, Ron DeSantis is the only person that I've ever heard of in Congress that no one 
was friends with. No one liked him. Everyone thought he was arrogant. And that's a really tough place to be like that, right? Because you're all the same. You were all elected. You were all elected by roughly the same amount, number of people and the same population that you're representing. What makes you any different? But he would walk through the halls. And if he saw some another member coming toward him, he would look down at his phone and pretend like he was on a call. And so he does not have a great reputation. I've heard that when he was running for governor of Florida, that his home just had maps of Florida, no pictures of his family around. And you can see and and he thinks he's the smartest and he thinks his wife is the best. And so there's no one. Unfortunately, if you're a narcissist, you can't allow other people to change your decision making because that invalidates who you think you are. Exactly. I didn't know that about him, Jen, but this I do know, and you know it too, and so does everybody else, because they're reading the headlines lately. He has had to resort to lying about Nikki's credentials in order to, what, restore his flailing campaign? I mean, that is just so low. Can we? Get, what else is going to happen? But if, if you're, he's a narcissist, as you say, and that behavior certainly does describe it, I guess I'm not surprised that he's struck that low, but... Yeah, I get that politics, they have to feel, they, some people feel they have to attack each other. But one other thing I like about Nikki is that she's not really going there. I know Vivek gets her a little worked up, but for the most part, she has really held her ground with just some solid, rational, I'm, look, I'm not going there. She just basically looks down her nose and says, I'm not going there. I'm not taking you on with all that crap. And it just, it, it gives me pride to know that I'm standing behind a leader <laughs> who is going to remain calm. Isn't that awesome? I mean, that's when the Trump campaign left the birdcage outside of her room. And broke all all sorts of protocols, right? And and that was just disgusting. And then you've got DeSantis attacking her because his campaign is flailing, because he his donors are coming toward Nikki and they're looking for some something other than him. And they see this bright, shiny object that is competent and qualified, and has that magnetism, has the charisma, has this kindness, has this this humility. genuine, yes, this humility, right? And, and people are attracted to that. I mean, it goes back to back in the day when George Bush was running for office, and it was, well, he's the guy you want to have a beer with. It's like, she's the one you want to have a conversation with, because you don't feel like you're being lied to. You don't feel like you're being sold a used car. You don't feel like you're just a number. And and I think that that's why she's rising, and that's why DeSantis is falling, because you see him on the stage. His face is, he looks angry, whether it's stress or anger. Maybe the lights are in his eyes. Who knows? You can see and feel the frustration coming off of his body. Just and and I always tell people this: when you're watching a when you're watching a debate, turn the volume off. Watch their body language. Watch how people express themselves. Because when you see their facial expressions, you watch their body language. You can tell so much about who they are as a person. And I think that that really, if you watch Nikki in her hand gestures and in her face and her facial expressions, it just looks so honest. 
I'm so glad you said that, Jen, because I want to share with you my one of my two personal moments so far with with Nikki, the day I met her and then a a subsequent one. But we were going upstairs to a beautiful there's a beautiful Fulcino's Vineyard. I'll give them a a free advertising in Hollis, New Hampshire. We're walking up the stairs to wait for her town hall stump speech to start. And she and I were next to each other and I turned to her and said, Nikki, I don't know if I'll ever get another chance to say this to you. So I just wanted to say thank you. And you know what she said? She said, for what? And I said, for sacrificing your life, your family, your career to save our country, to give up everything. This is it. This is the POTUS is it. You are going to be giving up everything. I have to thank you now. I may not get another chance. And she she really didn't know why I was saying thank you. Oh, that's so cool. And I thank everyone who's in public service. And my husband's in civil service. I thank him every day. And Jen, she really didn't get it. That's how humble her her disposition is and where she's coming from. And I said, she's my candidate. I might already do it. I was bought in. I've already been on her team for a few months when that happened. But I... I said, man, I know I chose well. Yeah, but it makes it makes a difference. It makes a difference for you who is volunteering your time, you're volunteering your treasure, your talent, right? To All go out and empower others, other voters, men and women to see what you see. And and that is you don't have to do that, but you want to do it. And I've been using this example in Massachusetts because I had, I had the most, I've had really cool mentors along the way. I grew up on Long Island. My, my godfather in politics, the the man who I just adored was Al D'Amato. He was our United States Senator at the time. He was a professor of mine in grad school. I just thought that Al was the coolest thing. And, and so I have had a really extraordinary career working with some super politicians. In 2009, Scott Brown, Ted Kennedy died and Scott Brown said he wanted to run. No one thought he could do it. The stars, the moon, the sun, the water, everything aligned perfectly. But what also aligned was that Scott was the perfect person at the perfect time for what everyone needed to feel and see. And he was able to connect with people. I was chairman of the Mass GOP at the time. I had folks come down from Canada that were volunteering for us. I had people coming in from Oregon, from California, from Colorado, from all over the country to volunteer. They were staying in hotels and they were here to volunteer because they wanted Scott Brown to be the 41st vote on Obamacare. And the groundswell of volunteers and the people that were coming around. And if you could feel it. You could feel it. You could feel the ground rumbling underneath you. Yes. And that's how I feel with Nikki. And that's what I keep telling people is I was able to be there. I saw it and I felt it. And I said, holy crap, like there's something going on here that I have never seen before. And that's what I feel with her when I get on the text chains and I get up the emails and I see everyone around and I hear everyone's voices and I'm on Zooms. And and that excitement for this woman is because of who she is. And it's not, I had this conversation with Jeannie, with Janine about, about I, like I support women. That's my, my whole world is, is really about empowering 
women to run for office. I'm not supporting Nikki because she's a woman. I am supporting her because she is the best person at this point in time for the country to move Damn forward. Right. right? Absolutely. I mean, that's it. She's she's that's competent. It. She's qualified. She's educated. She mic drop done. Right. And okay. so I, I think that that is a great reason to vote for her, <laughs> to support her. <laughs> Jen, I had the same sentiment when CNN was at the other vineyard where Nikki had a thing. Don't get me wrong. It just makes for a good venue. But and they tried. I, I don't know if they tried to trap me. I, maybe not. But mostly they just said, well, don't you think she should be touting that she's a woman? I said, no, her platform stands on its own. The fact that she's a woman matters not. And, you know, it kind of has dropped since then. They never bring it up. I'm so glad. I mean, I, I'm so glad that it's not about her being a woman. It's about her being brilliant rational, logical, graceful, classy. We are in good hands. Right. And I mean, I think the the only part to me where the woman part comes in that it is helpful is a different level of compassion and understanding. And women, we have very multitasking. We have very different relationships with people than men do. We have deeper relationships. And it's not saying anything about men. It's we just have different relationships. It's it's primal, right? And and I think that the way that her being a woman comes into me for me is her level of understanding. Because there's probably not a story that she hasn't heard from someone. There's probably no one who has ever gone up to her and given them, given her their opinion without He's saying, would you like my opinion? Right. So she's heard a million things because that's what happens to us women. We're told everyone's opinions, whether we want to hear it or not. We're told everyone's stories because we're there and she's so open. And I think that's where it comes in. Right. So it doesn't come in for me on anything else. It's just like I said before about Republican priorities and policies. It's a value added onto who she is. It doesn't it's not the it's not the the thing. She intends to preserve our rights as people to have our voice represented in Washington, D.C. She totally and 100 percent intends to preserve that. And that is what I live for. That is what I love about America. And I cannot let that die. It's either them or us. There will be a revolt. If, 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 and I just think for the next eight years, we will be in good hands. Oh, yes. That's her agenda. I, I think you're we're seeing it. There is a article I know uh Kim Rice in New Hampshire did a phenomenal op-ed and in the New Hampshire Journal. And so shout out to Kim. There was an article in the Boston Herald talking about how Nikki Haley is is number two. And I think that that's She's number one. She's I was just going to say that. I was just going to say I always just say she's at the top. She's at the top. She is at the top. Because I just it's this is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Right. It's slow and steady wins the race. And I think the more that people around the country get to hear from her and see her, the more they like her. Right. I mean, you see that every time she's in New Hampshire. Right. And important about a breakfast at the Bedford, New Hampshire GOP meeting a few weeks, several weeks ago, a woman, no, a man walked in and I said, who are you voting for? He said, well, I don't know. That's why I'm here. I'm going to go listen to Nikki. Right. He walks out and I said, who are you vote for? He said, Nikki. 
Changed her mind at breakfast? Why? And he said, I asked her a question and she didn't redirect me. She was right back to me, looked me square in the eye and answered my question. I'm voting for that woman. And I think anyone who takes the time to meet her is going to find the same thing. That's exactly it. That's And and I will say, if um, you, my listener, have not had the opportunity to hear Nikki Haley and you just listen to me go on and on about her, don't just listen to me. Don't just listen to Melinda. You you actually need to get out there and go see her in person or get on YouTube and watch a video of her have a speech. I mean, I'll say there is no one we look at this and we talk crap about DeSantis and whatever uh, he's it's deserving at this point because I don't like liars. But but uh, put that aside. She had said from the very beginning, along with don't underestimate me. And that's what had happened all along her career. The other thing she said is no one will outwork her. So she has been in New Hampshire. I know this is this is numbers from maybe oh, like 60 times. Right. Hasn't she been there about 60 times? Over 50. That's insane. She's been in Iowa about the same amount of times. She is a presidential candidate that also has a family that has a husband that's overseas in the military. She and she's out there. She's going to these states. She's actually putting in the feet work. on the ground feet on the ground. Could you imagine a politician when Trump went to Iowa a few weeks ago? It was, oh, Trump's going to go to the Iowa State, Iowa University football games and stand in stand in the in the bleachers wherever he was standing i'm sure it was a box i'm like so isn't that like joe biden campaigning in his basement right i want candidates who are shaking hands and kissing babies and interacting with people and listening to real people desantis same thing he's not going showing up in new hampshire so i mean if you're not actually showing up for town halls and you're not showing up where the people are especially folks that take politics as seriously as you all do in New Hampshire and Iowa, then you really shouldn't be playing in this game. This is just not for you. And Jen, you're not the only one who's curious about that. I had Franco Ordonez call me a few weeks ago from NPR and ask me these very same questions. What is it, Melinda? What is it about Nikki that is just catapulting her to the top? And I try, I kept trying to tell him she is making human connection with people by her foot, feet on the ground, by smiling, by opening her arms, by taking questions for 90 minutes, two hours. After she's done talking for an hour, she will sit, sit there and answer your questions and be greet every single person. That is how New Hampshireites want to be talked to. That is how they want to be greeted and get to know first in the nation. And uh, she's killing it. She's she's killing it, Jen. I love it. Well, I think that we're going to see. I mean, it's only November. It's still so early. We are going to continue to see her go up and up and up. And I think more that people know Trump cannot win a general election. And I really do not think that the Democrats are keeping Biden around and it's not going to be Kamala. So anyone out there who says, oh, they're just going to put Kamala in there and Trump's going to beat her. Nope, it's not going to be Biden. He's not going to make it. And they're going to put in someone who's younger and going to fluster Trump. Like like they plucked Obama out of nowhere. Exactly. And that's what's going to happen. And we need to be ready. And I think we have the best candidate to be any Democrat. You can put anyone in there and the best candidate to do that is Nikki Haley. 
She is. And Jen, I, I'm going to echo what you just said a few minutes ago. I have never invited anyone. Uh, look, don't take my word for it. Go meet them yourself. This is the first time. Now, I did it for Don Bolduck, too. It, don't take my I totally thought he was going to do it. And I really, really believe it with Nikki. And this time we're going to be watching out for integrity in the election process. And God help us if that turns out to be a player. But assuming it all goes according to legal plan, above board plan, no criminal activity, regardless of what the numbers are the day before that primary. But make no mistake about it. And this is also very important for your listeners. And Nikki says this in her stump speech, and I'm going to say it right here, right now. If you think this primary doesn't matter, it matters. And you get your tushy up and you go vote. And, and have done your homework. And I don't care who else you get to know, but get to know Nikki Haley. I love it. That's an awesome way to end. I, I will tell you that most of my podcasts circle around primaries and the fact that I am so frustrated in the fact that I know here in Massachusetts and around the country, here in Massachusetts, it's disgusting. I think it's around 21, 22% <gasps> of our electorate actually vote in all of our primaries. Oh. Mm-hmm. That's how our terrible mayor was chosen in Boston. That's how our terrible governor. Now she wants to end the right to shelter because we have so many migrants that have come to our sanctuary state and they, oh, what do we do with all these people? Oh, I know we're going to kick out our elderly and our veterans from the hotels that they live in that are subsidized by the states. We're going to put them on the street because they've paid taxes and and went yeah. to work for our country for all these years and we're going house migrants. So that's how those women have gotten elected here. My, I cannot, cannot stress the importance of primaries enough because the way that you have the wrong people chosen is not voting in a primary. And so in order to make sure you need to do your homework, know who's out there, know what they stand for and vote in the primary, right? And I'm so happy that you said that because it is so true. Get off your butt. I don't care. It's cold. I don't care. It's snowy. I don't care. I mean, here in New England, right? We're already, it's already cold and terrible. Get out there and go vote. It's a free country. You don't like it, leave. But yeah, I hope your comrades in Massachusetts do show up to the polls and equally my comrades here in New Hampshire, primary day sometime in February, January, go. Yes, absolutely. Well, Melinda, thank you so much for being here with me today on Political Contessa. It is so much fun to have you. I hope you come on again. We can talk about, I think we could talk about Nikki for a million years. We can also discuss COVID and that whole joke and how I see people running around Boston with masks on again and still amazingly. You really have to feel sorry for him. But anyway, it's a whole yes. other story. Yes, yeah, well, that's happy to, a failure in our mental health system. That's another podcast. <laughs> well done, Jen. <laughs> Melinda Tarango, thank you so much for being here with me today on Political Contessa. Melinda is a New Hampshire resident who is also helping on Nikki Haley for president and um, doing great work up there with a whole bunch of phenomenal people. And so thank you for everything that you do to for the country and for democracy's sake. And to you out there, thank you so much for being here with me on this episode of Political Contessa. I'm Jennifer Nassor. I'm your Political Contessa. Stay happy, healthy, and safe. 
Thanks so much for listening to Political Contessa. For all the ways to listen and to get the inside scoop on what's happening in center-right politics for women like us, head over to politicalcontessa.com. Thank you.